You know, last week I said when I was up here, um, I, I was a little foggy. You know, last Sunday morning was a little foggy, if you remember. Um, and um, today I got brain freeze. I was at Quaker Lake yesterday, and it was cold over there, friends. It was just cold. We did go swimming. We did have a good time. Uh, the water was really warmer than the air. What a change from Friday to Saturday, temperature-wise. Uh, but I appreciate the Christian Education Committee and getting all things planned and going over there to uh, Quaker Lake, and we just had a great time. Uh, the fellowship and the food was if you weren't there, you missed it, but I know we all have other things we have to do sometimes, but it was just really good. A good afternoon, as maybe you saw some of the pictures already on the screen. But I wanted to talk a little bit about heaven today. Um, I mentioned it frequently in uh, messages, but I went back and looked since I've been here at Archdale Friends, and I've not had a message just about heaven. And not that that's so important, but heaven is important. should be important to all of us. And the scripture passage that uh, Brandon read for this morning, I hope you paid a particular attention to part of that, if not all of it, there in John chapter 14, because it says, Jesus is saying, I have gone to prepare a place for you. Think about that. Let that sink in again. Jesus said, Jesus said, I have gone to prepare a place for you. And then the next line, if I go and prepare a place for you, and he's just told us he has, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you with me. Now he's talking to his disciples here. So he's talking to some of the best. Maybe he could be talking to our stale friends. I'm not quite sure about that, but maybe he is. But I'm sure he could be talking to all of us, no matter where we are in our spiritual walk with Christ. He could be talking to each and every one of us. Yes, I believe there's a heaven. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a heaven. 100%. And so if I believe in heaven, I must believe also in the opposite. I believe that Jesus wants us to follow him all the days of our life so that we can make it to heaven, that place that he's prepared for us. I believe we have a soul. I believe God put a soul in every person's heart, every person's life. There's a soul. And when we leave this world, our soul's going to go to one place or the other. I believe that by how we've lived, by how we've served, by how we've loved, by how we've given. The choice is ours and how much we believe, and how much we really want to follow God. I get questions from time to time about heaven. Is heaven a real place? What does heaven look like? Will we know each other in heaven? 
Will we recognize each other when we get there? I hope I can answer a few of those questions today as we go through the message. Brandon said he got started three minutes early, so I got 33 minutes instead of 30. Not really, but that's okay. There was a young man with an incurable disease, and he was reported to have said, I don't think I would be afraid to die if I knew what to expect hereafter. Evidently, this young man had not heard what God had prepared for those who love him. The man had fear of death in his mind and in his heart because he didn't know Christ. Are you afraid of death? Should we be? Not for the one who knows Jesus. Not for the one who believes in God and wants to trust him. The way you trust and the way I trust may not be exactly the same. But as long as you trust, as long as you believe, there should be no fear of death. Christ has taken away the fear of death and has given us an eternal hope. If you believe Jesus died for you, if you trust him and you read your scriptures and you act upon your faith, then heaven is real. It's a place to go. And Jesus said that he's prepared that place and I will come again and receive you to myself. And that place, according to the Apostle Paul, is a far better place than any place on earth. Now, I've seen some really great places here on earth. I know you have too. You've been some with really great people here on earth. You know, sometimes we feel like we experience heaven on earth, don't we? Sometimes we just sense that. That's your soul longing for God, longing for peace, wanting that peace that passes understanding. But heaven's not here. This is not our permanent residence. Heaven is someplace else. We often think that the grave is the end, and for those who don't live a Christian life, who really don't believe, or who really don't follow, who really haven't answered that part of God in themselves, death is a calamity. And I can't think of anything more challenging than living near a pit of fire when a man, I don't know if that man is true or not, that has the little tail and the red devil, you know. I don't know if that's all true or not. I really don't. I believe the devil is alive and active, but I don't know if he's in that little shape of a red suit. That's not kind of my picture, but that picture has been presented to us. I don't think he carries a pitchfork either. I don't think he does that. I think he kind of worms his way into our lives so we can kind of forget who God is and forget about the church and forget about love and caring for one another. A Friday evening when I was at home, um, I went out and I, we got this trash barrel. Um, we live on a small farm, and so I had put some brush in it. Some brush had piled up for a long time, and I decided it was time to burn that pile of brush in that 55-gallon um, drum. And um, as I lit the fire, you know, some branches always fall out. You ever notice that sometimes? Or trash falls out, and you always reach down, and you pick it up and try to put it back in. I was being real careful. Well, I wasn't careful enough, and I burnt my... And that finger in my thumb. And that hurt. And I was seeking some ice, and I was seeking some aloe right away. 
we do that, you know, to try to um, help heal ourselves, make it not hurt so much. I can't imagine being by the lake of fire that's described in the scriptures, what that would be like for a soul to be there. Because this still hurts. <laughs> So what kind of place is heaven? And how can we get there? Well, we know how we can get there. Jesus said in the beginning of John chapter 14, believe in me, believe in God, believe also in me. So we know how to get there. So what kind of place is it? Heaven is home. That's the only way I know how to describe it. Heaven is home. Not heaven on earth, but heaven in heaven. Most of us like to go home. You know the famous line about the Wizard of Oz? What did Dorothy say? There is no place like... That's right. There is no place like... That's right. And our soul longs for home. Your soul longs for home. The scriptures take the word home with all its tender associations and with all its sacred memories and applies it to the hereafter and tells us that heaven is home, our eternal home where the soul can reside if we so choose to live that kind of life. When Jesus went to the cross, he gathered, before he went to the cross, he gathered his disciples in the upper room and he talked about home or heaven he said, in my Father's house are many rooms. And when Jesus spoke of heaven as my Father's house, he was referring to it as home. Home is home. It's a place where you long to be and want to be. And God has placed in each of us that desire in our soul to be spiritually home. The scriptures teach us that you do have a soul. Your soul has certain attributes. It has a conscience. It has a memory. It has hope. Your soul is real. It is the real you. And once you leave this world, your body is no longer, but the soul lives on. And so we can go to a place called home or heaven to be with Jesus. The body is the place where the soul resides temporarily. We understand that. We get that. The soul is never completely satisfied on earth because it is not yet at home. The true home of the soul is to be with God. The more you love Jesus while you're living, the more you obey and follow him, the more like home you'll be on earth here today. A peace, a joy, a happiness can come to your soul. Even in the midst of struggles and difficulties, there's still a peace that can satisfy you. Wednesday evening when uh, I was driving over here with a couple grandchildren to help pack for Run 5 and Feed 5, and they were riding in the back of the truck. Well, not the back back of the truck, in the back seat of the truck. Um, you know, it was coming through the storm. Remember that storm Wednesday night? 
Some of you lose electricity here. Anybody lose electricity? Some of you lost electricity. Did you get yours back on? Did you get is yours back on too? Okay, good. Well, we're grateful that it's back on. Okay. But sometimes we would go through storms. But we were driving over here in that storm, and I said, well, girls, are you afraid? And they said, no, Papa, because you're driving, and we know we'll, you'll get us there safe. And though that was kind of reassuring, I've thought about that a little bit. We know you will get us there safe. Do we trust Jesus enough to get us there safe? Do we rely on him enough to get us there safe? What kind of trust do you have in God to get you there safe to that place that he has for you? Do I trust him? Yeah. Some days more and some days less. I'll be truthful. Some days I try to take the reins and just run with them myself. Now, I have some responsibilities. Sometimes I have to take the reins because I'm living my own life. And so when I take the reins, I need to make sure that they're heading in the right direction. I have some responsibilities to fulfill as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a grandfather. I need to help point other people in the right direction and do the right thing. You know, we have a grandson who's um, having some challenges mentally. It's awful easy to get out of balance sometimes when he's around. But I can't do that. Because it affects his life if I do. And it affects those around me. When I take the reins, I need to make sure that they're headed in the right direction. Heaven is a permanent home. One of the results about the houses people build for themselves is that they're not permanent. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes houses just go up in flames. Sometimes houses get deteriorated and they just fall down. So houses are not permanent. The Greek word translated mansion in John 14 or many rooms does not mean an imposing house. The idea in the Greek is that of a home that is permanent. That means forever. God's home is forever in the Greek language here in John 14. So it's not temporary. It's translated in as the abiding place. And it comes from the English word remain. So it remains forever. Jesus' house that you can be in is forever. Or whichever house you choose to go to. Our scripture verse of the week, it printed out in a bulletin. Uh, for, uh, it comes from Hebrews, and it says, Here on earth we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. So just seek it. That's all you got to do, is just seek that house that is to come. Just look for it in your everyday life, and you'll find it. Because the love of Christ is everywhere. It's in you, it's in me, it's in us. Just look for it.
The key word is to seek. How well do we seek what God has for us? In Hebrews, we also read this concerning to Abraham. He waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And in Thessalonians uh, 4.17, the first chapter, uh, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 4.17, thus we shall always be with the Lord. Our permanent home is not on earth. Sometimes when things don't go right, I've been there. (laughs) Sometimes when things don't go right for us down here on earth, we begin wishing for a better place. You ever wish for a better place? You ever wish for a better time? You ever wish for a better day? You ever wish for better employees? You ever wish for a better manager or a better boss? Sure, we do that. You ever wish your children would behave better or your grandchildren would behave better? Yeah, we do that. You ever wished you were down at the beach? Any of you ever wished that? Mm. You ever wish you were up in the mountains? Peaceful, relaxful? I was talking to a fellow just before worship started who went on a trip with the youth up to um, uh, the New River and how peaceful they were talking that it was up there. They even had children with them. Mm-hmm. Their own children peaceful. That's what we're looking for in our heart. And that's what's in heaven waiting for us when we follow him. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Our permanent home is not here on earth. It's with God in heaven. And our soul is just wanting to be there. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I don't know if it's better for me to linger here on earth or to go to heaven. He didn't know himself. That's your soul. That's your life telling you where you really want to be while you're here on earth. You may be in a hospital bed. You may be suffering from financial loss. Uh, All may not be right in your relationships at home. Maybe you've had a friend with an argument or a child. And you just long for that peace. You just long for that home. Your soul is really longing for heaven at that point in time. It's longing for God. And so heaven is a real place. I hope you're longing for it daily in your own life and your relationship with people and with God. Another thing the Bible teaches us about heaven, that it's a beautiful home. You know, we read in Revelation about pearly gates and the streets of gold. So there's something attractive about heaven. A home that is adorned with flowers and flags and well-manicured lawn. We just kind of admire when we drive down the road and we see it. I do, anyway. There's some homes that I pass by from... Randleman to hear, and oh, I just wish my yard looked like that, you know? I just kind of long for it, and I think of all the work. But still, all the beauty, still all the beauty that it beholds, it contains beauty. Heaven contains beauty. 
But there's something kind of wrong about the home that's not well cared for. We may not even want to look at it when we drive down the road. Or maybe it's a place where you've lived before and it's not just well kept like you were there. And so its appearance isn't as good as you'd like. What's your soul like right now in longing for God? Does it have streets of gold? Does it have pearly gates? Is there a tree of life there? Is it there? Are you looking forward forward to seeing it? How are you honoring God every day? How are you honoring God every day? What are you doing to keep God alive in your soul? How much are you reading his word and seeking his power and gaining victory over death? Scriptures tell us, for those of us gathered here this morning and in many churches around the world, that Jesus is the way to heaven. Serve God with all your heart. I've traveled to many places on earth, and I know many of you have traveled to many more places than I have, where there's charm and there's beauty. I love God's marvelous playgrounds, you know, the beach, the mountains, the hills, the plains, the deserts, the valleys, the waterfalls. I love waterfalls. I love snow, a fresh fallen snow. I even like to watch electrical storms when they're way in the distance. God's handiwork is all around us. Are we alive? Is our soul alive to this handiwork that God has provided us? I see it in a little child. Whether he's completely 100% mentally right or not, God is there in that child. Beauty. Power, grace, love, hope. How are you letting that rise to the surface in your own soul? How are you letting that change your life and your giving to Christ and his church, to your family and to your friends? How is the beauty of God in you today rising up so that one day you can see that beauty that's in heaven the pearly gates and the streets of gold, the tree of life and the river of life. How are you working towards that on a daily basis? So I'm kind of uh, love the passage in Revelation 21 and 22 where it talks about that description of heaven because it's just beyond my comprehension. I just can't quite picture the streets of gold and the pearly gates and the river of life and the tree of life. It's just hard for me to picture all of that. But my soul longs for it as I'm here on earth. I have a passion for it. And John described it like this in uh, the 22nd chapter of Revelations. He captured a glimpse of it for us And he likened it to a young woman on the crowning day of her life, her wedding day. 
And he said that the holy city was like a bride adorned for her husband. You've all seen brides, and they try to look their best on that day. And heaven is to be better than that. And the Bible teaches us that heaven will be a happy home. A happy home. Where there's no struggles, no fears. I tell you, I don't like snakes. I'm still afraid of snakes. I've been afraid of snakes all my life. And I still don't like them. Now some of you probably handle them and hold them and maybe even pet them. I don't know. But that's just one thing I'm afraid of. I don't know why that's in me, but it is. Some things we're afraid of down here on earth. Cancer, illness, loss of spouse. And we could list that goes on and on and on. Anybody, on. anybody afraid of spiders? You like spiders? Mice? Rats? You know, they're just things here on earth that we're afraid of. But in heaven, there's not to be anything that we have to fear. There's much happiness in the here and now. We can find it. You can have it. It can be yours right today. It can be in your neighborhood. It can be in your neighbor. But it can also be in you. A peace that passes all understanding in Jesus Christ. Heaven is to be happy. A happy place. You ever been real happy? You ever been real happy? I mean real happy. Heaven is to be happier than that. No quarrels, no misunderstanding, no hurt feelings, no pain, no death. That's what heaven's to be like. No fears. Can you imagine that? It's hard to, isn't it? The Father's house will be a happy home because our loved ones who knew Christ will be there. And will, scriptures are clear that we'll know each other in heaven. Well, certainly, Elijah and Moses knew each other at the Mount of Transfiguration. So we're to know each other there. If Christ is your Savior, if you believe in Him and have accepted Him, you're heaven-bound. But remember, that soul, the soul in your heart, longs for heaven today. Longs for holiness and righteousness and a peace that passes understanding. And we all can have it. There's a true story about a widow and a son who were living in an attic. Years before, she had married against her parents' wishes, and she went to be with her husband to live in a strange land. Her husband had proven, just as the parents had thought, he was irresponsible and unfaithful. And after a few years, he died while the widow was in a, leaving the widow in a most difficult state. The happiest times in the child's life were those when the mother took him in her arms and held, her, held him close to her and described about his grandfather's place in the country. She described the grassy lawn, the noble trees, the fruit trees, the abundance of 
vegetables in the garden. The flower gardens were just perfect. And a child had never seen such a place before, but he longed to go and be there. And to him, it was a beautiful place, heaven on earth. And one day, the mailman delivered an envelope to their home. He even brought it up to the attic door, and he knocked. And when the mother opened the door, she saw the mailman and handed him her the letter, and she saw the handwriting and recognized it. She opened it trembling, and there was a check inside with a note written, including the words, come home. Come and be with your family on earth. Wow, we all would long for a day like that. Basically, if we've lived a life like she'd had to live. But that invitation is open to all of us to come home. Invitation is offered by Christ. I go and I prepare a place for you. So it's there. How we respond is up to us. Jesus said there are two roads. One road is broad that leads to destruction. And there is a narrow road that leads to heaven. You can receive Christ in a moment and be on the road that he talks about. A house that has many rooms that we can all go to. And I hope you're on that road. And sometimes, you know, I get on the wrong road. I've been on the wrong road in my life. I have. I've gone down some wrong paths. There's two roads that verge in a woods, according to a poet. And we can take the wrong road. But when you do, just ask God to forgive you and turn around and go back on a different road. The road that he has prepared for us. Ask for forgiveness and it will be granted because that beautiful home is waiting for you.